0: Yo, what's good, everyone? Welcome to the Client Side Podcast. Before I start, if you're liking what you hear, please rate my podcast on Apple Podcasts and leave a review. It really helps me out. And if you'd like to be a guest or know someone who'd be perfect to be on the pod, send me a note at info at theinboundlab.ca. In this episode, Amanda Ao from Startup TNT comes on to talk about her role as a marketing and communications lead. We talk about both our transitions from media to marketing, her transition from agency to client side, and she fills us in on some of the ways she's helping startups who don't have a large marketing budget make decisions about how they're spreading their messages. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy this episode.
1: When did you live in Calgary? Honestly, the years are blowing now, but about (laughs) four years ago, so about like 2015 to 2018, give or take. Oh,
0: okay. Oh, okay. So just three years? Gotcha.
1: Yeah, just three years. I actually came, yes, came to Calgary because I ended up becoming the program director of a radio station in Calgary. So I Hmm. came to come do that. Like I moved from Edmonton to come do it, so
0: what radio station
1: um it's today radio now but at the time it was oh, cool FM.
0: i worked at cool One Point Five. hits from today and Did back you? in the day yes that's so I was, funny when i was in the uh, oh this was like uh like 2009 2010 the Bell media era yes yeah
1: What were you doing there?
0: I was the uh, morning show producer.
1: Oh, nice.
0: One of my first jobs. I actually, I I wanted to work there because I wanted to get into city TV because I really Mm like television. mm
1: -hmm. So
0: that was my way to get in. But I somehow landed like an on-air position. Uh, (laughs) I don't know how it happened, but I did. So we have like a similar background. I feel
1: like so many people like do this like path that we're taking right now where you're like in radio, then you're at a radio, then you're in it.
0: It's a weird industry, right? Like, uh-huh. so I wake up at like four in the morning, work the morning show, and then go to my other full time job at like ten or eleven. The
1: only people in radio who are making money are like top salespeople, top morning mm-hmm. shows, and like management. So
0: totally, yeah. <laughs> it's, actually, it's
1: funny though because like I I was talking to somebody recently, and like it's not just radio; it's all media, like TV, newspaper, everything. But like I likened mm-hmm. it to um, working at a startup. Cause like a lot of it is um, for love of the project or love of the industry. And so that is very much like you're, I feel like we're always told like in radio where it's like, well, you're doing it for the love of radio. And you're like, yes, but I also love to eat and sleep and have a roof (laughs) over my head.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I I, like even going to college, I went into broadcasting for college and Mm -hmm. like, you sign up for it and then you have these um, these lectures or whatever. You have these guest lectures on and they just talk about how much they hate the industry. And you're just <laughs> like, oh, why am I, why did I sign up for this? So.
1: They're the they're burnt out people. If you can't do it, you teach, right?
0: Exactly. My, my broadcasting career ended pretty quick. It was like six months. And then I got into like video and video strategy and then uh, digital project management at one point. So and now I'm a marketer, but...
1: You never Never looked back. <laughs> no,
0: god no. Yeah. Um so that's cool. Yeah, we I guess we've we've played in the sandbox together uh, yeah. like inadvertently, which yeah. is kind of funny. Yeah. Um, we've known each other on LinkedIn for quite some time too. We
1: have. We're LinkedIn we, buddies like I to yeah. like the <laughs> Yeah,
0: the LIBs. <laughs> but uh we've never met in person.
1: No, this is our first, which first is so in funny. person, well, I mean, first virtual face to face. Hopefully exactly. in person one day. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but she used to help run a podcast with mm-hmm. your previous employer.
1: Yeah, with Content Color.
0: Yeah, and I was like, when when I hopped on that podcast, I was like, oh, maybe I'm going to get Amanda. And then I got <laughs> Kayla, which was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, but now you're, you've moved over to uh, not just a startup, but like a company that helps <laughs> startups. Can you kind of talk about what Startup TNT is all about?
1: Yeah, of course. So Startup TNT is super cool. For me, it was a chance like I'm very big on helping people. That's my personal motivation. So the coolest thing about Startup TNT is that we get to help so many people like Startup TNT's model. It was started years ago by Zach and Tim. And so TNT actually stands for Thursday Night Tradition. And how this kind of came about was they started meeting every Thursday, um, I believe, at Polar Park at first here in Edmonton. And it was just a gathering of like innovative, creative minds, whether it was from finance, investors, founders, scientists. It was just about like um, Edmonton used to have this reputation where our nickname was actually Deadmonton. Because nothing happened here. We had like our heyday with the Oilers back in the 80s. And then people were like, Edmonton sucks. And then everyone was like, but it doesn't. (laughs) So the guys kind of started to to start encouraging startups to grow and stay in the prairies. Because a lot of times what you'll see happen is a company will start, they'll get some investment, they'll get some funding, and then they head straight to Vancouver or Toronto or If they're more, if they're even more successful, they go to like Silicon Valley which is like, great, super happy you're successful. But like, how about you stay and hang out in Canada for a bit (laughs) or hang out in the prairie? So Startup TNT was basically, it's an investment investment syndicate, a syndicate of investors who we work through summits where we work with companies to help them work through due diligence and their pitches. And then at the end of it, we fund as many companies as we can through our syndicate. So for example, we just did Summit 5 where we're super excited about it. We had crowned you know, our winners of their funding in each of our provinces or each of, each of our places. So Edmonton, Calgary, and Saskatchewan. But then on top of that, we did a ton of side deals. So right now we're finalizing the side deals, but if everything kind of where it lands, we're going to see about a million dollars invested in the prairies from individual people across the prairies. And that's kind of like the cool thing because Angel... Angel investment is done by individuals. It's not done by banks. It's not done by corporations. It's done by individual people who believe in other people's dreams. So it's really exciting that way.
0: Uh, This is funny coming from a solopreneur myself. (laughs) What exactly is an angel investor?
1: There is, I mean, of course, a very factual and much better explanation than what I'm going to give you. But angel investment is basically individuals right so it's individuals who invest in other people and they do it because you know they have the money they have the means you do have to be something called an accredited investor which always gets people because they think that means like they had to go through like a certification process or something like that it has nothing to do with that it's more like just like the rules and regulations that are set out by the government on who can invest because they don't just want anybody investing because i think their point is is that that they think you you should be at a certain wealth level and not just like throwing your money away. (laughs) Because the thing about being at angel investment too, you're at a very early stage in the company. And so lots of people have like amazing ideas, but then sometimes it's, whether or not you can take it across a different threshold. So if you're accredited, it basically means like, do you have a net income before taxes of more than $200,000 over each of the past two years? Or if you're combined with your spouse, do you have a net income before taxes of 300 over the past couple of years? Or do you have net financial assets that are worth more than like a million dollars net of relative debt? There's Honestly, like a bunch of different ways to explain it. And of course, many people who are smarter than I can explain it in a much better way, but that's kind of like what it comes down to. And you're essentially investing in money in a pre-seed before seed round. So you'll hear a lot of times in the news, you know, big companies have raised series A, series B, series C, and those are like, usually very large amount of numbers. This is kind of the, the scene before that to get you to that point where you can have growth. You can have scaling of your company.
0: Gotcha. So it's kind of like an accelerator, but not.
1: We aren't an accelerator because we don't go through the programming, but what we do is we help you get to the point where you have the funding to create a runway so that you can theoretically, depending on what it is, is, you know, have enough runway to create your products, have enough runway to fulfill your contracts, you know, take your product from ideation to like getting it off the ground like and the cool thing too is like we've worked with companies from like ground up to like now they're you know crazy successful and we're so proud of them you know so um you know for like one of our winners was spot dog walkers in calgary you know great app very cool you know you get these qualified dog walkers who are going to help you take care of your pets which is awesome or Completely different from that is we have, um, we invested in a company in Saskatchewan, Stordador, right? Completely different system where they're helping you with deliveries based on like, same day service.
0: Gotcha. Um, so as the marketing and communications lead at startup TNT, what is your, like, what is your objective then?
1: My objective at the end of the day is making sure the TNT name is known, right? Like, um, kind of like we talked at the beginning, you know, there's a lot of other companies, especially with the word startup in front of it. So it's like, we want it to be known across the prairies because we're in Alberta, Saskatchewan and Manitoba. Right. So we want to make sure that people who are not just entrepreneurs, but also investors know about us so that they know how we can like help other companies. So branding has been a huge priority for me. And then also just really, really engaging so that we're aligned to help these small and medium sized businesses and entrepreneurs and just really, you know, focus on contributing back to the local economy. Would
0: you say your audiences are, uh, there's two sides of it. So there's the actual folks who want to start a business and then the folks who who are interested in investing in a good idea.
1: Yeah, for sure. It's actually, it's a triple audience. So it Hmm. is entrepreneurs and founders. It's Angel investors. But then the third party is actually government as well, because we also get like we're not for profit. So we do get a lot of funding from like our not for profit partners, people like Perry's Can and Alberta Innovate. Um, you know, these are people who help us contribute so that we can, you know, basically, as our motto says, have fun. Build companies, right? So yeah,
0: that's, that's very cool. Um, so with, you know, three fairly different audiences, um, your Marcom's messaging must be, uh, tough, right? Like, are there any common themes between the three, or do you have to come up with like three separate messages and three and, you know, go through different channels to, um, get your name out there?
1: I mean, I think you're always trying to make sure that you have messaging that appeals to a broader audience. You know, so for us, it comes down to our core. We really believe that when you're building companies, investing in companies or contributing back to the local economy, it comes down to have fun, make friends, build companies. And so at the end of the day, all parties of our audience are people who want to be a part of that. So especially, you know, like entrepreneurship, like you said, you're a solo entrepreneur, you can, you know, how lonely the journey can be, you know, like whether it's, I don't know how to battle this like billing problem or is there a system I should be using to collect expenses or, you know, like what are the different ways I should, you know, change my sales pitch? You know, it can be really lonely. So at the end of the day, our goal is to make connections so that people don't feel so lonely in whether it's building a company by themselves, investing in a company, or like contributing back to the local economy.
0: I love that. So it's like community building as well, which is kind of nice.
1: A hundred percent. Yeah. Like we have like the startup community is so supportive of each other, which is like the amazing thing. Like, Like I mean, obviously there's competition, but like nobody's out there like slagging on each other. Everybody is just like everybody is of a "when we rise, we all rise" kind of thing.
0: Very supportive community. What type of strategies are you using in terms of marketing and communications?
1: Uh, Yeah, so like I mentioned, branding has been huge for us. So it's really just like getting back to the basics, brand guidelines, solidifying messaging. Like I mentioned, we're in three different provinces, so when you have three different entities that are working together. It's really making sure that everybody is on the same line. Everybody's speaking in the same voice, but also making sure that your branding isn't dependent on any one person so that everybody essentially is becoming these inner champions of our company, right? I like to work where, you know, a lot of times you'll see like, Companies that force their employees to post about them on social media. I don't believe in that. I think that's a terrible way to do it. But if you are working with people and getting them excited, they're going to do it regardless. Right. Like if they really believe in what they're doing and a lot of startup life is about passion. So you're going to see them pushing the message for themselves. So that's been a lot of it. And then honestly, a big portion of it has just been engagement. You know, engagement and work and talking to people. Like you said, we're building a community and just continuing pushing that forward. Because at the end of the day, like investment, like we have investors who live in the Bahamas, we have investors who live in the Caribbean, you know, very lucky investors, but they're also still Canadian citizens. So they do invest with us, right? So, I mean, Canadian citizens live all across the world. So technically, like our reach can be everywhere. And at the end of the day, our goal is to be a national company to work with people across all of all provinces. Right.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. Even, uh, you know, the great Canadian province of the
1: Bahamas. (laughs) (laughs) I wish,
0: right. Yeah. Yeah. You talk about engagement. Um, so are you saying like, you know, engaging on your social channels or are you, uh, holding events or, you know, do you, do you have a discord or something like that? What type of, uh, things are you doing?
1: yeah so we do it kind of in three different levels we have slack channels for our entrepreneurs and our investors and then we also have like you know our typical newsletters and our social media channels twitter especially has been really valuable mm. in making connections um and then lastly we do do our events we every thursday we hold happy hours in edmonton calgary and saskatoon and we're ramping up Regina and manitoba and so those are just informal gatherings no need to rsvp Everybody just comes together. We have a couple beers. And then you just chat through, like either whether it's, you know, problems you've had in the week or, you know, um, I need a vendor for this, or you just want to sit around and talk about the great things that are happening in your city, right? It's been a very cool, very organic way for people to connect. Um, you know, we had um, a company, Zero Point Cryogenics, who was just in our summit and raised funding. But they, the co-founders actually met at a TNT, and then came together and built this company together. So it, it's really cool stories like that that just like really warm
0: our hearts. There should be community-minded businesses like yours helping folks who are just looking to make money for the most part <laughs> and, uh, you know, bring bring some uh, cool ideas to the table totally. uh, to make life easier for uh, consumers or, or anybody else out there. You've got a lot of experience working agency side for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, you went from content Call out, uh, which is, you know, mm-hmm. one, of, one of my favorite podcasts, by the way, um, to <laughs> start up TNT. What made you make the switch to go from this agency side to this really unique uh, like, I don't even know. You're not really agency, but you're not really in-house uh, client side. You're like this weird enigma <laughs> right now where you're like kind of on your own island. Um, but it's, it's yeah, so cool.
1: It is a marketing island. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Tell,
0: <laughs> yeah. tell, me, tell yeah. me a bit about uh, your experience so far.
1: Totally. Um, You know, a lot of it for me is like I was in media for 13 years. Uh, you know, you and I have that in common, but I was in media for 13 years. And while I love media, I wanted the chance to broaden my horizons and work with different groups and different people. So with Content Callout, um, you know, a B2B content marketing agency, it was so dope. One, Mark and his team, Mark and Kayla specifically, you know, for me, were like my co-hosts on the podcast, but the entire team, like just an amazing like super supportive, everybody eager and super team-like atmosphere. And we were all working together at like the start of the pandemic, right? Like, you know, 2020, we're all locked down. So a lot of us have never even met in person, but we really managed to have this like really great team atmosphere. And the reason why that was really cool for me is because it allowed me to explore more B2B side. And then in doing that, I had clients that were in the tech environment and in the investor environment, which actually led it to developing more interest in something like TNT, because, you know, that kind of a lot of what we are working with in the investment side is more technical products. So I just started getting really, really interested in, you know, working with more entrepreneurs. And, you know, a big portion of it too was. Not to knock any other agencies out there, but larger agencies usually charge anywhere from, you know, starting rates of like one seventy-five all the way up to three hundred dollars an hour to work with, you know, a writer, uh, an account executive, anything like that. Entrepreneurs cannot afford that, you know. Like most entrepreneurs, most startups, their, you know, like their marketing budget for the year is like five k. Let alone like, you know, one meeting that could blow out all that money. So I really want to work with people like that I could help in a different manner and then also give them perspectives on different ways they can market the product if they weren't ready to have an in-house marketing department or an agency.
0: That's interesting. Uh, and that leads me to, you know, let's say you're working with a startup. They're having some concerns about marketing and they don't really have much of a budget. Mm-hmm. Maybe they got a grant or something, but they really need to hit some targets in order to show that that grant did what it needed to do. Um, What type of tactics are you recommending to a lot of these startups who uh, may not have a big annual budget for marketing?
1: First and foremost, I think every company should do this regardless of budget, but talk to your customers. Talk to the people who are buying your products. That feedback is invaluable because they will tell you everything good about it, which you can then turn into testimonials and that kind of word of mouth. You can't buy that or they'll tell you everything wrong with it in which case then you can improve your product and then you can work and make sure that that new and improved version is getting out to the market and people are talking about it but first and foremost talking to your customers gathering that feedback gathering that information you can take that testimonial and spin it out in 17 different ways that are going to benefit your company at the end of the day if you're a startup A lot of this is going to be done off the side of your desk or somebody's side of your desk, or you're going to try and hopefully find, you know, somebody who you can work with, who might be a little bit more conscious of cost and can help you that way. But in that case, like what you're really doing is you really want to get those type of like testimonials and get that kind of information out in the market.
0: I love that. And I'm a huge proponent of customer marketing. Um, and you don't need to be a marketer to do the customer marketing. Actually, it's actually, it's probably easier if you're. A salesperson or a customer success person to get that type of content out of these folks, right? And what's great about getting reviews or, you know, getting them to fill out a survey. Hey, how are we doing? One, you'll be able to improve on your approach to your product or uh, to your approach to customer service and whatnot. But, and then two, you're utilizing uh, this feedback as valuable information to help you market to your prospects. A little bit better so yeah I love that that was a that was a great answer thank you yeah. we're just about wrapped up here uh, I have one more question to ask you and this is a question that I ask all my guests uh, and that's just because uh, recently I've started to uh, utilize uh, my uh, enjoyment for gratitude uh, lately where mm. I just you know, when I wake up in the morning, I say, Hey, these are the three things I'm most grateful for today. It's very, uh, you know, millennial entrepreneurial, <laughs> uh, apparently, uh, maybe you'll see me in a photo, like in a Ferrari, uh, in Dubai or something someday. Um, but I wanted to ask you what are three things that you're most grateful for?
1: Yeah, for sure. And also I'm right there with you. I feel like If you do this, it really sets up your day Mm -hmm. in such a positive manner. Cause I, I, I do it as well. And something I used to do was just like roll over, wake up and immediately read emails. And I felt like that set my day in such a like hectic pace. Absolutely.
0: I don't even, I try not to check social media either. I'm like, no, I can't have any negativity in my morning. I'll like put some Daft Punk on and I'll drink coffee and just pet my dog and, and enjoy my (laughs) life. Yeah. Go ahead.
1: So smart, <laughs> because I definitely agree. Sometimes I'll like hop on Twitter first thing in the morning and then I'm like, nope, oh, gosh, just shut it down no. because I can't even I can't even. I know. <laughs> um, but, you know, thinking about things I'm really grateful for right now. Um, one of the things was the trust that Zach and the team at Startup Team T had in me and my expertise. They really embraced my marketing strategies and the ideas that I had. And, you know, I pushed them a little bit out of their comfort zones and made them do things, you know, but all of them super willing, super open to it. And all of them were like really happy to do it, which is sometimes, you know, I think both of you, both of us know that not all team members love the people on the marketing team. Mm-hmm. You know, my favorite TikTok right now is it's like um when the marketing girl comes downstairs to make a TikTok <laughs> and the entire team just throws up their hands and says, <laughs> I just shared
0: that with one of my old colleagues I used to work on the social right? team. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Cause you were like, I feel this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then the next, I'm just super grateful, like about how supportive and welcoming the startup community has been to me as well. Like all the investors, all the founders and all the people I've had to deal with, like I will ask what I think is a super dumb question because I'm not well versed in finance. And then they'll be like, no, we got you. Here's an easy way to understand it. And I'm like, thank you amazing so that has been like incredibly
0: supportive Mm -hmm. and what's the third one
1: and the third one i am super grateful for my sister and my partner who have really supported me in this journey from like like i said i was in media for 13 years so it was very different for me to make make that change and they were all super, super supportive and like lifting me up and helping me remember that I can do these things and like I have mad imposter syndrome. So they helped me overcome that. I
0: love it. That's awesome. Thank you so much for uh, your time and and coming onto my podcast. I'm so glad that we could actually finally meet through video chat. Um next time, I know. Next time I'm in Edmonton, I should come down. There's this new restaurant that I've heard so much about. It's called Foo's Repair Shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm so interested in this place. I really want to go They there, have like so. a
1: stream of really cool restaurants, but yeah, oh. like the Foo's concept, super dope. One of my favorite things about it is that the head chef makes one of her dad's recipes and every day he texts her to be like, how many did I sell today? It is like, <laughs> oh, it just makes my heart so happy. Oh my god, I
0: love that. That's fantastic. That's great. Well, yeah. all right, next time I go to Edmonton, let's, uh, let's stop there for some all day dim sum
1: 100 let's do it
0: sounds great thanks so much amanda thanks eric take care
1: bye